Welcome to the Fantasy Football Brothers Podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm here with my younger brother, Carson, and it's finally week one. Let's go. I'm excited. Just hearing our intro play in our ears has got me so excited to be back and be doing these matchup previews for all of you, and I really hope you enjoy our content for this upcoming season as we hope to improve and grow the channel further. So, uh, yeah, you want to just hop into the Thursday night matchup? Yeah, let's do it. It's going to be a hell of a game. It is. So we have the Bills at the Rams. Uh, Thursday Night Football. This could almost be a Super Bowl matchup prediction for a lot of people, potentially. Um, But it's just the caliber of these two teams. So we'll say for this video and just matchup previews in general, we're not going to focus on those guys that like you're definitely going to start because that's just kind of a waste of your time. So like I'm not talking about Josh Allen, you're starting him. But we're going to talk about some of these other like fringe players that you want to keep an eye on. So I'll start with Gabe Davis. Uh, Gabe Davis's last NFL game was in the AFC Divisional Round, where he had eight receptions for 201 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. And now Davis is the clear wide receiver, too, in this offense, with Sanders and Beasley gone. Only time will tell what level of consistency Davis will have for your fantasy team. You you remember that playoff game, of course. That was one of the craziest NFL games of all time. And I think our that dad... Was like a... Go ahead. I was just going to say, that was like a wake-up call for everybody. Like, hey, oh. this guy... Uh, you need to pay attention to him. For and sure. His ADP, his ADP has definitely risen over the offseason. Yeah. Um, currently sitting around player number 76 off the board. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's legit talented. We saw him play on, you know, one of the biggest stages. Not quite the Super Bowl, but very, very close. Yeah. And he delivered big time. Josh Allen likes him in the red zone, especially, uh, you know, in that goal line situation. So, He's a great option, and I think he's going to have a very productive fantasy season. Time will tell, like you said, if uh, it's, it's going to be something we can count on week to week. Uh, but I'm leaning more towards the positive end on that. I think it's I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, I think that his ADP is respectable for what he will be, in my opinion, because, as I've said, he's slotted into the wide receiver too, which is great. But previously in his career, he's only had relevance in those games where he's had a lot of touchdowns, so he had been touchdown dependent to have any relevance. But now that he has a better role... I think you feel better and about as good as he is with his ADP. So I think it's representative. So, but hey, he has that elite upside because of this passing offense to potentially be even better. Um, but we'll talk about Dawson Knox, whose ADP was right around player 86. Um, and as of recording today, Wednesday, September 7th, Knox just signed a four year extension with the Bills after they had already released OJ Howard. So no competition at the tight end spot for him. Knox finishes the tight end eight last season, hauling in nine receiving touchdowns. You think it's safe to say that he's solidified himself as at least a low-end tight end one? Well, you certainly feel good in the sense that he's got job security. Yeah. Um, and I think that Josh Allen likes him as a target, uh, especially in that red zone area, just like Gabe Davis. So it's going to yeah. be um, another high-powered offense for the Bills this year. Like you said, they have a great chance to make the Super Bowl push this year. Um, kind of got snubbed last season with some, you know, overtime rules and all that that got yeah. adjusted. But um, yeah, I think that Dawson Knox is a very enticing, especially where he's going in drafts. Um, he is he's going to be a good option at tight end if you want to kind of late uh, wait later to get that position. So yeah, yeah I, I like him. Agreed. Uh, we've talked a lot about this passing offense because that is predominantly what this team does. But let's talk about Devin Singletary, ADP ninety one point eight. 
Singletary ended last season averaging 19.7 fantasy points in the last five weeks of the regular season, but the Bills used a second-round pick on running back James Cook in April's draft, Dalvin Cook's brother, if you did not know. Uh, But does Singletary have a limited period of time as a fantasy player with a starting, or will he pick up where he left off, in your opinion? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I think that... I think it's a good sign that they're kind of, you know, moving away from Zach Moss, who was usually the competitor for uh, touches with Devin Singletary, but they bring in this new guy, this, uh, you know, young, uh, obviously a good pedigree in terms of where he was taken in the draft, not only that, but also that he has an older brother that is, you know, kind of fringe elite at running back, so um, kind of a different play style I think between the two brothers but mm-hmm. that being said I think it is it you know it's a little bit of a question mark heading into the season with Singletary if you roster him um you know hopefully you were able to get both and then you can kind of just lock in whoever emerges but um yeah it's gonna it's a it's a wait and see situation and I think that Singletary has the talent but it may just be that this offense is so high powered that they have to bring in an extra guy um just to kind of keep everyone fresh the whole season yeah, agreed. Uh, we'll move on to the Rams. And Cam Akers, who we've kind of talked about extensively in our ranking video just because we felt like his ADP of 37.5 was too high, but all eyes are on Akers as this injury last preseason kept him out until the very end of the NFL regular season. It was Achilles, I believe. It was an Achilles yes. tear. Okay. Yeah. But he came back for the playoffs pretty much. Um, <laughs> but he averaged a measly 2.57 yards per carry. I mean, that's not good at all. But he's had a full offseason, so... But Daryl Henderson showed his worth, so it's hard to be, it's hard to think that Akers will just have the job completely to himself. So, I, I mean, I think we feel similarly about Akers. Yeah, we do. If you watched our, our running back rankings video um, a couple weeks ago, uh, we were both fading on Akers uh, relative to his ADP, which here shows uh, 37.5. So... You were kind of getting him, you know, towards the latter half of the third round, um, and that was a little high for someone who's coming off an Achilles injury. There's just a lot of historic evidence that suggests that that particular injury really hurts players in the future with their explosiveness, and that's such an important aspect of being an NFL running back. So, you know, uh, my heart goes out to him. I hope that he recovers and and can be uh, some you know, some semblance of his former self, uh, athletically, yeah. but I have, I have my concerns with that. And I think that the fact that Daryl Henderson, like you mentioned, did perform so well in his absence is going to be kind of incentive for the Rams to, to use that backfield like a committee. And yeah. so, um, you know, like, uh, similar to James Cook, hopefully you were able to get Henderson as a handcuff. And if one of those guys takes, takes over, then you can ride that, you know, that position but it's uh it's a concern for sure yeah uh we can move on to talk about alan robinson adp 57.5 uh someone i drafted in our main league he is slotting as in as the wide receiver two on the rams behind cooper cup robinson seems very likely to improve on his fantasy performance last season which kept him as the wide receiver 81 on the bears um because he's finished as a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy three times in his career so I think you have to feel pretty good about him. I have him as my wide receiver three, um, and I feel pretty confident with him at that. But I'll, I'll swiftly move on to Matthew Stafford because he could add some question marks because 
uh, he's got this elbow injury that apparently is going to linger for him throughout this entire season. And he's mm-hmm. coming off an amazing season, a Super Bowl win, finishes the QB5. But do you worry about that lingering elbow injury for him this season? So if you know anything about Matthew Stafford, it's that he is a he's a tough guy. He plays through injury a lot in his career. And I think that I think they're going to be able to manage it, manage it well enough. He's a veteran guy. Um, I think he's going to be taking less throws during the week uh, leading up to actual games because he is just, you know, a professional. He's a veteran of this league. I think that he's going to be able to – I think they're going to be able to manage it well enough. Um, I'm not fading him in any of the drafts. I I have him in one of our leagues. Um, And so I think that, you know, they're going to be able to manage it well enough. I don't think it's going to take him out. And if it does – that's tough, yeah. but I think that uh, I think they're going to be able to manage it well enough, and he's he's going to be all right, all right for the year. For sure. Um, something we're adding to matchup previews is kind of picking which team we think we're going is going to win in each matchup, and we're going to kind of pull from uh, betting odds just to give a frame of reference. So the Bills are a two point favorite, and I'm going to have to agree with that. So uh, yeah, I think I have the Bills in this one. Who do you have? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Rams. I think there's. Uh, Obviously, the loss of Von Miller is tough, and you're yeah. playing against him this week. But it's true. Uh, I like I like Cooper Cup to start strong, and I think that if Cam Akers looks as good as he sounds like he's going to, I think this is going to be a seriously good team. For sure. I think they're both going to be great teams, regardless of whoever wins this week. Um, so we'll move on to the first Sunday matchup that we'll talk about. Uh, Patriots at the Dolphins. So uh, we'll talk about the backfield a bit, and since you're a Patriots fan, I will <laughs> refer to you a little bit because maybe you have a better perspective than me. But Damian Harris, ADP, 79.8. He's coming off a season with 15 rushing touchdowns and five games with 100-plus rushing yards, so you love that. But Ramondre Stevenson, mm-hmm. ADP 101.3, who over all of the offseason, um, his ADP caught up to Harris and got close. Um Reports are claiming that yeah, Stevenson... Depending, oh, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, depending on the platform you use, like these ADPs are coming from Sleeper, yeah. which we've uh, switched over to uh, from AD, from ESPN last season. In yeah. um, ESPN, they're, I, they're right next to each other. Um, so it is... Uh, yeah, just for for clarity, these are, these are Sleeper numbers. But yeah, um, go ahead and continue with what you're saying with Stevenson. Yeah, so I'm reading reports that Stevenson is poised to pick up some receiving work due to the retirement in James White, and it also said, especially because Ty Montgomery is dealing with an injury, but so that could be something that could be interesting for Stevenson's value, but that's up in the air right now. Yeah, and I'll say this. I think that, um, I think it's mostly going to be Harris and Stevenson. I've also heard that, you know, they're going to use Harris and Stevenson similarly on passing downs. So yeah. I think it's, I, I think it's going to be that, if one of them hits on a given week, you're going to have to have been got. You've gotten lucky, you yeah. know, if you started the right one. True. And that's a big reason why I've avoided this backfield this offseason in drafts. I think that, you know, I love the team. I love watching them on Sundays. But I think that in terms of fantasy, it's just like it's a tr- it's more of a traditional uh, New England backfield where you don't know who you're going to get, and that's just. That's just not something you want to look for in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, in his rookie season, Stevenson had two games with 100-plus rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in each. So he definitely has the talent, but it'll just be interesting to see 
um, if either of them can have fantasy value with them both being there. Uh, so we'll talk about Devontae Parker, ADP 150.4. Parker is currently listed as the wide receiver one on his new team. In Parker's only season where he played every regular season game, which was in 2019, he finished as the wide receiver 11. Um, although that ceiling seems unlikely, do you feel like Parker could become a consistent fantasy option on his new team? You know, I'd like to say yes. Um, and a bit of a revenge game narrative. He's playing yeah. against his old team, the we Dolphins. Have a lot of instances of that, which is interesting for this yeah, one. We gotta we gotta give a, a round of applause to the uh, scheduling makers because it's a lot of it's a lot of good matchups for the first week and yeah. that's really exciting. It's 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 great to have football back uh, so soon, and even though it felt like the longest off season for me personally. <laughs> yeah. um, but that being said, I think you know I like I like Devonte Parker as a player. Um, he does have those health issues that kind of keep him you know, not consistently in the lineup week to week. And that, yeah. and that hurts him, his value as a fantasy player. Um, but I think that in this offense, it, it's anyone's game in terms of who takes the lead at wide receiver. There's so many guys on the roster that are just so similar in talent. Like, uh, you know, I, I think that they're all kind of about the same level of talent at this stage and anyone, it's anyone's job. So, and I was saying this before it, uh, you can be a Patriots fan and you can watch them on Sundays, but like in terms of fantasy, uh, there's just got to be better options, man. Like yeah. they're they're also they're also similar. It's just they're all going to be eating into each other's roles. So I think it's uh it's it's anyone's guess who who takes the lead out there. That really is the story for the Patriots uh, in regards to fantasy football right now. Just so many people eating at each other's values. Um, so we'll talk about Devontae Parker's old team, who they're coming up against, the Dolphins. So Chase Edmonds, ADP 87.9, coming off of a season in Arizona, averaging 5.1 yards per carry while also having 43 receptions. And I think he also missed a few games due to injury, so that's even more impressive. Could Edmonds emerge as a consistent fantasy running back option is what I'll ask you, because I think I'm higher on him than you, but I want to know your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't dislike the player. I think that the Dolphins are definitely going to be improved. I think they have a good chance of finishing second in this division uh, behind the Bills. Um, and <clears throat> I also, sorry, it's just painful to say that. But um, I think <laughs> that um, I think that Edmonds, in terms of who else he has to compete with in that backfield, you know, he's like, follow the money. He got paid the most. Um, they wanted him there. They paid him to have that right and I think he's going to be in a in a relatively high powered offense um the question will be if Tua can improve as a passer and kind of get that running back involved in the passing game I think Chase Edmonds is a great candidate for that role so yeah I think he is going to I think he is going to find himself into a uh a top 25-ish range, and that's gonna. I think that's going to return well on his ADP. Yeah, you worry about the possibility of it being a running back by committee, but I think that's kind of embedded in his ADP because I believe he was the first running back to make a move in free agency, and as you already said, the highest-paid running back by a pretty significant margin on the team. So mm -hmm. there's a lot going for him in the situation to where he could emerge, but um, I think the it's not too risky because his ADP is pretty... It's pretty fair. Um, and you mentioned Tua, so I'll just talk about him real quick. Uh, ADP 146.6. He's kind of entering a make-or-break season. As we said, he's got Edmonds now as a potentially dump-off option. And uh, the addition of Tyreek Hill is huge. And then the potential yeah. of Jalen Waddle emerging into his second season. So it's a make-or-break season, potentially, for Tua. So you got to keep an eye on him. I mean, I could definitely see a reality where he becomes a 
relevant option, and I think he has one of the highest upsides out of all like of the QBs in the QB two range. But uh, yeah, you yeah. just got to keep an eye on him. Yeah, he's got he's got one of the best receiving cores. Um, you know, but definitely up there, top ten at least um, in the league, and and I think the improvements that they made on the offensive line are going to help him. Uh, improve just having a little bit more time to make some reads and just you know he's got two absolute burners at wide receiver in in hill and waddle so uh, there's a lot of upside in that offense and i'm excited to see how it goes yeah and that for that reason uh dolphins are 3.5 point favorite and i think i'm gonna have to side with that again um i think the dolphins at home are gonna beat your patriots unfortunately but uh what do you I'm gonna I'm that? gonna keep I'm gonna keep the trend rolling and I'm gonna take the underdogs. Right. Let's go, Pats. Yeah, I mean it's hard to go against Belichick, and there are more question marks on this Dolphins team. I just like the the look of some of those question marks. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I will say that's that's a total homer pick because uh, the Patriots have been bad um, at the Dolphins over the past couple seasons. So I'm definitely taking the underdog there, but um, you know that's just purely based on fandom. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll move on to the next matchup. We'll talk about Ravens at the Jets. Uh, Flacco facing his old team. So we got three straight matchups of yep, someone yep. facing their old team. Uh, obviously not as uh, not as sexy, I guess you could say, of a revenge game. But uh, we'll talk about the Ravens real quick. So J.K. Dobbins, ADP, 53.4. Uh, coming off of a promising rookie season, I don't even remember him doing this well, but 805 rushing yards and nine rushing TDs in 2020. Mm-hmm. But he did get injured in the preseason, kind of around the same time as Akers and I think ETN. Those were like three big running backs, and we'll talk about ETN later. Um, but do you think Dobbins can be a reliable low-end RB2, is kind of what I categorize him as, for fantasy managers this season? Yeah, so... I'll- like you mentioned, you know, he did have a, a pretty good yardage total and, and rushing touchdown amount. Um, it was really on the back of a very efficient running game, too. Like, yeah. um, they've got they've got a good push there in terms of the offensive line. And I think that, you know, I don't know how consistent he can be. Because, like, when was the last time we saw a really reliable Ravens running back? Not, not um, with Lamar there, for, for sure not. <laughs> right, so... I, I think it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting season to say the least at, for that team. I mean, we, we were watching uh, Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell get carries last year, so it's like, yeah, now they got this young guy, but he's coming off of a pretty significant injury. So I'm not super confident about J.K. Dobbins. I, I think I I did draft him in our mock draft um, that we posted on the channel, but. I didn't feel good about it, yeah. and I wouldn't feel good about it in a real draft. So I think that... Uh, He's Dobbins in that RB is, dead yeah, zone, I'm, to be fair, which I think makes you feel is. better about who he was drafted around, but just for his outlook mm-hmm. in general, you're not super excited about it. Yeah, and he could prove me wrong, and I would accept that, but I just, I have my I have my causes for concern yeah. with him, and I, it's just, we'll have to wait and see. For sure. Okay, we'll talk about Rashad Bateman, whose ADP was 76.5. Uh, starting last season, injured his rookie season. Bateman finished with 46 receptions and 515 receiving yards in 12 games. Uh, so I'll ask you, is Bateman poised for a second-year breakout as the clear wide receiver won in this offense with the departure of Marquise Brown to Arizona? Man, I, I know you think so, yes, and, I, yes, and I agree. Yes. <laughs> 
I agree. It, ha- it you have to think so. I mean, he's I mean, Mark got Andrews every is there. I'll just interject and say that real quick. We of yeah. course we know that, so that doesn't that makes it sound not as good as it seems. Um, but yeah, continue. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, it's kind of a similar situation to Drake London, who we'll talk about later. But yeah, uh, a much better quarterback and just kind of like you know, uh, who else is gonna you know take the take the wide receiver one role from him? I think I think it's kind of his to lose. So. Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a solid guy. Yeah, I'm happy for him to be my wide receiver four on my team, and I was really happy to pair him up with Lamar. So, uh, yeah, if you're in a similar situation, I think you got to feel pretty good. So we'll talk about the Jets. Uh, Brees Hall, ADP 46.1. Uh, the first running back drafted in April's draft. Hall is six foot one and 220 pounds, according to Sleeper. So he has the potential to be a workhorse back. Uh, what do you think Hall's ceiling for this season is? Gosh, I guess his ceiling is probably going to be somewhere around top 15. Yeah, um, I was thinking 10 to 15 range is probably the ceiling. Yeah, 12 was the number that came out in my mind. But I think that, uh, yeah, I, we saw he had a very uh, uh, a very sizable workload in college. Yeah. He looks like the most NFL-ready running back um, out of this class, and I think the the thing that's going to hold him back is this Jets offense as a whole. Yeah, and they did make some additions in the uh, in the draft with uh, rookie Garrett Wilson, and hopefully, I mean, you got to hope that Zach Wilson improves in his second season. Um, the head coach has said that the earliest we'll see Zach Wilson back is Week Four, so. Uh, He's going to have some, maybe an adjustment period when he returns. Um, you know, I think Joe Flacco could be a good thing for this offense to start the season because I think they have a pretty tough uh, schedule to start. So we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, I think that Brees Hall is is going to be uh, at worst uh, probably like a twenty-five to thirty option, but yeah. he definitely has the upside of of top 15 yeah just to add on to them the jets having a tough start to the season i believe they play each team from the afc north the ravens division whichever division name that is uh but i think they play That's each right. team from that division for their opening four which is interesting that that happened uh just in that order but we'll talk about elijah moore whose adp was 92.7 um elijah moore averaged 17.7 fantasy points from week 7 to 13 that's a pretty big sample size in the kind of second half of a season but he ended his rookie season injured. Um, so really all there is to say is that it'll be interesting to see how Moore can build off of this and how this offense will look with the additions of Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and then what Joe Flacco can do for consistency potentially and then what will happen when Zach Wilson comes back. So there are a lot of question marks as we have already kind of alluded to there. Yeah, I think that I think it can't be worse, honestly. I agree. So I think it's I think it's gonna I think it's gonna trend up and I think that's gonna be good for those young players. Yeah, and if he had that you know that production across six games with the situation last season i think you got to feel pretty decent about him as potentially a flex option mm-hmm. um yeah so the ravens are a seven point favorite and i'm going with the favorites again <laughs> i have to agree yep. with that i'm taking the ravens too all right our first agreement <laughs> uh we'll move on to steelers at Bengals uh divisional matchup so for the steelers only player I'm specifically highlighting is Deontay Johnson, my old favorite fantasy player, ADP 43.2. 
coming off a season as the wide receiver eight with 107 receptions, 1,161 receiving yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. Sounds amazing. But can Deontay stay consistent with the Steelers' potential QB roulette? That's an interesting question, but I think that the the real thing that we can that we can look to is that Ben Roethlisberger was a shell of his True. former self last season. The only and thing I'll I... say that makes it a little bit worse, because I completely agree with that, is that like if they are mm-hmm. like going back and forth between, well, I assume Trubisky and Pickett, I could see yeah. it making the team less consistent. Yeah, but that really doesn't happen. I don't feel like no. I, I, you're you know... right. It's just it's a weird situation though. Pickett being the first quarterback off the board in April's draft, mm-hmm. but this just wasn't an amazing QB draft class. And I think it's official no. that Trubisky is starting. So, you know, yes. he, he's always going to be on a short leash to just have them throw out the rookie. Um, but I mean, you're still starting Deontay. It's just, Oh yeah, no, I'm not worried. I'm really not that worried about Deontay. I think no. because of how, how like, you know, not inefficient bit Ben Roethlisberger was, but just like the way that that offense ran last season, I think that, at the very worst, that Pittsburgh could replicate that with whoever's at quarterback. And uh, we just read off the stats that Deontay pulled off in that offense, yeah. so I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah, for me, it's tough to see a top 10 wide receiver finish for Deontay, but I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like he's definitely a lock for top 20 again, so you still yeah. feel pretty good about that. You worry more, of course, about Claypool and Pickens and Fryermuth, who I don't even really feel like talking about yet until we see a little bit more from this offense. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow, ADP 52.9. I uh, believe he's back yeah, practicing just... in full after his uh, appendix burst. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, that That's what that's yeah. what he dealt with, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, he did have uh, his appendix removed. Yeah, okay. But NFL fan favorite, Joe Burrow. Super Bowl appearance. They lost, unfortunately, for them. But uh, Burrow had the highest completion percentage out of any starting QB last season. Uh, but how much do you think he can build on his finish as the QB7? You know, I think he's kind of reaching, uh, I, w- I won't say his career peak, but I, it, it's tough. I mean, how much better can he tr- can he realistically finish at quarterback? Yeah. Um, I think that he played a hell of a year, especially towards the later half, um, a great, you know, kind of a magical playoff run with that Bengals team. And yeah, I mean, as, in terms of being QB seven, I think that's probably a realistic finishing point for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that he's, I think he's going to be still very good. He's got great weapons, um, improvements on the offensive line. So there's a lot of things to like about this incoming team. And yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it'll. I'd be surprised if he finished inside like the top four yeah. at quarterback because I, I think there is kind of a a, a strong, uh, you know, group of guys that kind of have it would, that. It would definitely take injuries to people within those in that top four for him to do that. Yeah, and and so it's not a it's not a critique on Burrow's talent. It's yeah. more just that you know it's a competitive league at quarterback. Yeah. So. Um, I'm happy to have him on a roster this season, and I think he's going to be another great player to watch. Yeah, so you're definitely starting Mixon, definitely starting Jamar Chase, definitely starting T. Higgins. So it kind of just leaves Tyler Boyd in an awkward situation, ADP 127.4. Boyd's fantasy finishes have decreased every season since 2018, where he finishes the wide receiver 16. Um, I know you drafted him the other night in our main league, and you had him last year, but do you think there's enough room for him in this offense still? 
So the, the the big difference in that was just where he was for taking sure. the draft. But, and yes, we've um, we've recounted the story where you unfortunately bought into the preseason uh, negative the hype, hype, the hype around, for Jamar Chase. Yes, around Jamar Chase not being able to catch a catch a cold. He couldn't catch any yeah. passes. Like he was the worst player ever. Um, yeah, I fell for that. And you know, if and you're now, watching this now and this is the first time you're hearing it, just just know that. We, we all make mistakes, yeah. but I will say that Tyler Boyd is, at this stage in his career, I think he's more of an insur- insurance policy yeah. than anything that you can trust on week to week. So if T. Higgins misses time, if Jamar Chase misses time, now we hope that doesn't happen, but if Tyler Boyd is in a position to kind of fall and find himself in the wide receiver two role in that offense, I think he kind of finishes, uh, you know, as it should be, meaning yeah. that he does he does perform up to that stage, and uh, yeah, I think you know there's not much else I can say with him. I think week to week he is going to be fairly inconsistent because it, although Joe Burrow does favor just a few guys in that team, uh, it doesn't leave a lot for Boyd to feast off of. Yeah, agreed. And uh, the Bengals are a six point five point favorite, and yet again I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> Yep, I'm going Bengals for this one, too. All right, Colts at Texans. Uh, players to watch. My guy, Michael Pittman, ADP 35.5, coming off of his first season with 1,000-plus receiving yards, which helped him finish as the wide receiver 17. I think we could easily witness another breakthrough for Pittman this season as the clear wide receiver one on this offense. Um, yeah, we've had plenty of discussion about Pittman already, but, again, you're starting him, so there's not a lot of debate to go on here. Uh, so yeah, talk- he shouldn't okay. honestly be here, but I know that you love talking about yep, him. Yep, I love talking about him because I'm gonna because there's no reason to talk about Jonathan Taylor at all. So really, the only th- thing we're talking about is Alec Pierce, who I'll briefly mention as just kind of yeah. being the clear cut wide receiver too as a rookie. And but all of this revolves around Matt Ryan at QB, ADP one eighty seven point nine. Ryan has had seven top ten fantasy finishes and ten seasons with four thousand plus passing yards. And now he's on a new team for the first time in his career. Uh, High-end QB2? Do you think that's realistic or possible for Matt Ryan? It's definitely possible. Um, I think this team is still going to rely heavily on Jonathan Taylor. But I also think that there is some young and big talent on this receiving core and i think like you know not only not only michael pittman and alec pierce but also mo Ali cox i think he's like yeah six eight um <laughs> like is that true this is yeah matt ryan is playing with giants right yeah. now and wow. and so for for red zone opportunities like that's something you like to see so yeah i think that this is going to be a good team i think they are going to make the playoffs this season i don't think they're going to stumble um like they did last year against the jaguars of all teams but um, yeah, I uh, spoiler alert. I'm picking them to win this game. I think that there's going to be uh, they're going to come out the gates strong, and they're not going to look back. Yeah, and the reason you're probably so confident about picking them, and I agree, is because they're playing the Texans. Uh, Brandon Cooks, ADP sixty one point two. I just really want to show him love. I feel like you're definitely starting him, but back to back top twenty wide receiver finishes with the Texans, and he had the fifth best median fantasy score out of all wide receivers last season. Be confident in Brand Cooks. That's all I'll say. I know it's not a great yeah. offense, but he's just the clear-cut, most uh, talented player on the offense. So, Yeah, he's not the most exciting player, but like you mentioned with his median fantasy score, uh, he is just someone that is reliable week in and week out, and that's 
sometimes that's more valuable in fantasy football. Yeah. All right, Damian Pierce, ADP 97.5, which that fell to a lower ADP a lot recently as the preseason went on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It decreased in number. You could say it either way. Uh, Pierce, (laughs) I feel very (laughs) conflicted about Pierce. Um, Sure. He's confirmed to be the starter after the Texans released Marlon Mack. Um, So you like that, even though it's not a great offense. It's really hard to find a running back that potentially has that volume in that offense, but I just worry about that volume because I did some quick research. Pierce averaged just over eight carries per game in his final two seasons in college. And if Is that, that a lot? No. If that wasn't obvious oh. enough, Brees Hall okay. averaged over 22 carries in his final two seasons in college. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, how confident are you in Pierce? I know his ADP, you're not drafting him as a... You're probably not even drafting him as a top three running back unless you really went low on running backs, but on your roster but how do you feel about him yeah um i would like to say i'm confident but i i, I agree with you i mean i think there so there's two sides of that there's two th- two sides of that one is that he wasn't used a lot in college so he should have a lot of fuel left in the tank mm-hmm. when he makes to the pros so from that perspective he's like okay maybe he's gonna be he's gonna have a long career because he's um he's doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of miles on the odometer so to speak but on the other hand there's a realistic possibility that when that workload increases, he starts to break down health-wise. Yeah. So it's uh, Not it's scary. <laughs> it's scary because I think that um, he is he's just in a position where he's going to be on a bad team and they're going to be playing from behind. So if he can maybe get involved in the passing game yeah. to, a, to a good extent, Which that is, will help his, his value. His receiving that, numbers that will, weren't super impressive either. I checked those. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it, his, with how his ADP rose, you would think this guy like was having a bust made in Canton because like, uh, my goodness, the rise that this guy has had in the off season is just like it's unprecedented. I feel like it's but, it's just the yeah. potential of being a, a lead running back at being drafted in that. I know, division, but when so. you think about who, but when you think about who the Texans' lead running back was last season, I get it. Uh, yeah, David Johnson, uh, Philip Lindsay, like none of those guys are even on teams right now. So yeah. it's uh, and Rex Burkhead's still hanging around. Yeah, at, so least, at least Rex Burkhead's still there. <laughs> yeah, represent Patriots. <laughs> yeah, um, but let's let's go ahead and move on. Let's pick this game. I already did. Who you got? Yeah, Colts, the seven point favorite. I agree. <laughs> on the road, no less. Yeah, uh, divisional matchup also too. So move on to Jaguars at Commanders. So for the Jaguars, Travis Etienne, ADP 39.3, my RB2 and my main team, so I hope he does well. And he's being united with his college teammate in Trevor Lawrence. So all eyes will be on him for his first NFL start. So he's obviously not a rookie, but he had a preseason injury last season, as I mentioned earlier. Um, But James Robinson miraculously is already back from his Achilles tear at the end of last season. So um, ACL, ACL. That's I, that might even be even more miraculous. I think, let me double check that. Either way, but I'm pretty, a pretty sure, major yeah, injury. We, He's we already get, back. Get a hold of that. I would love for Etienne to go into this matchup with no Robinson. So I'll ask you: Are you worried about what Robinson could do to Etienne's consistent fantasy so value? So we are. We already know that James Robinson's going to play. So your yeah. hope is being crushed. No, there. I I know okay, that. And, and you're right. It is an Achilles injury. Okay. So <clears throat> that is. Not a good sign for him, um, just like we talked about with Cam Akers. But 
with Travis Etienne, I think his passing game usage, which yes. was a big feature of his days in college, um, I think that that's going to maintain his value in PPR. And so I'm not as concerned about James Robinson returning as you might be if you have Etienne in a standard league. Sure. Um, which, by the way, if you're playing in standard leagues with no no points per reception, Sorry. you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I just honestly, I mean, the. It's true. Not to get not to get on a rant or a tangent, but when you play in PPR, there are so much so many more fantasy relevant players. It's just a lot more fun. It makes the game deeper. It makes it more yeah. exciting, and it's just it's just a better format. So uh, we can move on from that. But I, but I am not concerned about Travis Etienne this season. I think he's going to be uh, similar to Brees Hall in in his uh, his peak value of yeah. you know a top fifteen, top twelve running back. Um, because he has that pass-catching upside, and I think that this is a Jaguars team that is looking to make the next step. Um, like we mentioned, they kept the Colts out of the playoffs, so they know how to play good teams. Yeah. Um, and so I think that I'm not concerned about ETN. I think he's going to be fine, and I think he could be a potential league winner. Yeah, uh, hopefully, because let the record show, I was deciding between him and Brees Hall, so I hope that doesn't come back to bite me. Yeah, so move on to Christian Kirk, ADP 105.4, coming off of a season with 982 receiving yards uh, at the Cardinals. Kirk essentially reset the wide receiver market this past free agency with his move to the Jaguars. Um, So really, I think he's very intriguing at that ADP, so if you drafted him, I think he's in a good spot for the depth you you probably have. Um, It'll just Mm -hmm. be interesting to see if Trevor Lawrence can build on this chemistry of ETN and build chemistry of Kirk uh, to make them consistent fantasy options. Yeah, and I and I and I like Kirk especially in like a best ball format where mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the sure. the highs and lows of his game game style. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, yeah, I think Christian Kirk is he's found himself in a pretty good situation considering where he came from in Arizona, where it was a uh, a very crowded receiving yeah. core. Now no Lavisca Chenault, no Laquan Treadwell. Like it's Marvin Jones, which he's getting up there in age and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Christian Kirk has a great chance to to break inside the the top thirty, top twenty five, and and be a pretty reliable, hopefully, um, fixture of this offense. Yeah, all right. We'll move on to the Commanders. Um, Antonio Gibson, ADP fifty six point seven. Gibson finishes rookie season as the RB thirteen, last season as the RB twelve. But is it only a matter of time before Gibson's role diminishes as Brian Robinson will eventually make his NFL debut? And so I'll phrase it that way, but also I know you've been calling him a returner. So I'll let he you take it away. He was doing return work. I know, it's true, he it's was... true, it's true. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm super worried about Gibson. I had him last season um, on the same team as Jonathan Taylor, and that was just like thunder and a fart. Like... <laughs> I just he was just not fun. I, I understand he was playing through injury. But that being said, this commander's team, I'm not convinced it really got that much better with Carson Wentz. No. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, do you disagree? No, I mean, I'll tell you more once I predict this outcome. How about that of this okay, matchup? <laughs> sure. Yeah, keep me on my keep me on the edge of my seat. Yep. So, I think I think Gibson is on his way out with the commanders you know for someone who played wide receiver in college you would think that he has more pass catching upside but he really doesn't and that's such a weird thing yeah but he's a converted wide receiver but 
I, they just don't use him like that. So I don't I don't understand. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Gibson this season. I did not draft him on any on any leagues. I'm fading him. I think that Brian Robinson, who has uh, you know from Alabama, he's got that running back pedigree, and I could certainly see Gibson slipping out of fantasy relevance once Robinson's healthy and and in, and in this offense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a little bit more hopeful. Jahan Dotson, ADP one sixty point six. Dotson has essentially locked himself in as the wide receiver two in this offense. So I think you definitely need to keep an eye on him as a rookie to become somewhat valuable. I mean, going into McLaurin's rookie season, he was a complete no-name. I don't even think he had a picture whenever people picked him up after his first good performance. So <laughs> if Dotson could re- replicate something like that, I mean, f- with where people drafted him, I think you got to feel pretty good about that. And uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm not sure if that's an indictment on ESPN or not, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, and not that we not that we hate that, but I think Sleeper is just really awesome. Yeah, um, it is. Lots of cool features there. Sponsor us. Uh, not yeah, not sponsored by the way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think Jahan Dotson offers a lot of great value late in drafts, and so for that reason, I'm excited about him. Um, and also, just like as you mentioned, there's not a lot of competition elsewhere on this yeah. team for pass catchers, yeah. so uh, lots to like there. Um, I'll go ahead and put in my pick for this game. And I'm going to go with the Jags. I agree. This is the first team I'm picking up that's uh, picking that's not the favorite, but I agree. I think that Trevor Lawrence could definitely, well, I think it's hard for him to take anything but a step forward. And I think him getting Kirk and an ex-college teammate at ETN, I think you feel better about what that team has done in the offseason than the commanders have. So that's really all there is to it. I think Jaguars are going to win this right. game. Uh, move on to 49ers at the Chicago Bears. For the 49ers, I'm just going to focus on Trey Lance because depending on what he looks like out there will have a big impact on everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. ADP 107.9. Lance showed some promise in his only two starts last season, rushing for 89 yards in one of them and throwing for two passing touchdowns in the other. Uh, But do you worry about Lance being on a short leash with Garoppolo staying on the team? You know, honestly, I don't. And I think here's the reality. All offseason... It's been a media circus with the 49ers. Like, man, what's going to, like, where's Jimmy Garoppolo going to get traded? What's going to happen with Trey Lance? And then they come out and announce that Trey Lance is the starter. I think the worst thing that that franchise can do after all of that leading up to this is, like, uh, Lance is struggling the first few weeks. Bring in the bring in Garoppolo. Like, you know, if they do, if they're to do that, I think it's just, it's a bad look on them because. They, they set up this this young guy. They held him out last season when they had Garoppolo playing week in and week out. And by the way, like, you know, they did make the playoffs, but it was almost in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, so, it's because of Debo Samuel. <laughs> right, and and the defense, obviously. The defense, but, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, Trey Lance, I think he's going to... I Honestly, I don't think he's really going to struggle all that much. I think that time that he spent on the sidelines last season is going to show in the game this year that he knows what he's doing in this offense. And I think when you're a rushing quarterback, your talent, your the, the impact that you can have on your team elevates to a certain degree. Um, I just think that Trey Lance is not really going to struggle, and I'm not all that worried about Garoppolo taking the job back. I think it's just an insurance policy. I agree, and I think it needs to be an insurance policy. It would be appalling and a horrific managing decision to not give Lance just the chance. 
I think Garoppolo needs to be mm-hmm. there if Lance gets Lance a, a chance. Exactly. That's what needs to be chanted in that stadium. Garoppolo is there <laughs> if Lance is struggling through an injury or something, not due to a performance. And that's and that's entirely possible because of how he plays his game. Yes. He is in an increased risk for injury. So yeah. we don't hope for that, obviously, but um, I think that's probably more their motivation than anything. Yeah. I hope. I hope. Uh, we'll talk about the Bears now. Uh, Darnell Mooney, ADP 73.6. With the departure of Allen Robinson... And Mooney basically played like the better wide receiver fantasy-wise last season anyways. Um, it's intriguing 100%. to see him as the undisputed wide receiver one in this offense, um, but wasn't very efficient with Justin Fields for most of the season. Mooney saw 81 receptions on a whopping 140 targets. So hopefully an but that's not Go ahead. That's not a criticism of Mooney. That's, no. that's the quarterback no, I get play. It. Yeah, so I'll talk about Justin Fields because that impacts Mooney a lot. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, ADP, 159. In nine starts as a rookie... Fields only threw for more than one passing touchdown once. Mm -hmm. But he rushed for 420 yards on the season. So can Fields take the next step in his NFL career? And obviously that would mean improved consistency for uh, for Mooney, sorry, as well. Yeah, and how about Cole Komet, too? I mean, I don't think he had a receiving touchdown last season. No, I don't think so either. It's kind of difficult whenever your quarterback only throws one a game but um yeah hopefully justin fields can improve i think honestly do i think he can absolutely yeah do i think he will i'm not super confident but i think it's more likely than not that he does improve as a passer this season yeah um i just think that you know in terms of this team overall i don't think they're going to be very good um i'm kind of picking them to be probably last in their division considering who else is there Below uh, the well i guess not the, the case well it I, could be i don't it's know it it really could be i think the lions could make that next step up and finish third but yeah. um you know sorry bears fans but i think that's a i think that's a realistic possibility yeah so i think we're both picking the 49ers uh, the seven point favorite for this matchup yeah all right move on to eagles at lions uh for the eagles A.J. Brown, ADP 28.9. Last season was Brown's first season without eclipsing 1,000 receiving yards. Um, Brown certainly has the talent. I just fear if he can really have elite upside with Hurts at his QB, and the reason for that is because Jalen Hurts. I'll talk about him now. ADP 62.6. Mm-hmm. Last season, this is uh, we talked about this in the QB ranking video, but it is just very interesting to look at for like his quality as a fantasy QB versus an NFL QB. He had 3,100 and 44 passing yards, 16 passing touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. That seems gross. But he had 784 (laughs) rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. So, I feel like the way I phrase this is kind of funny, but could any improvement of Hurts as a passer make him a fantasy cheat code? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I will say that uh, the rushing upside of of these young quarterbacks does kind of elevate their floor in fantasy. Yeah. And uh, the real concern is just like, you know, can all of these guys keep their starting job? Yeah. Um, now, I don't think that Jalen Hurts is at risk of her, of losing his uh, his position on the Eagles, but I think that, um, and just to backtrack a little bit with A.J. Brown, I think that uh, his move is going to be more of a lateral one than an upgrade slash downgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's probably just going to stay around where he has produced because he's still the top dog on the receiving core 
And uh, I think, you know, whoever his quarterback is, they're going to be looking for him. So I'm not too concerned about him. I think his ADP is a little too high. Um, but we talked about the wide receiver video. Um, back on Hertz, I would say, yeah, uh, of course, if he improves as a passer, becomes more of a dual threat like a Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah I mean, we've seen how that, how that, how impactful that can be in a fantasy season. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk about the Lions, and I'll do this a little bit out of order, but talk about Amon Ross St. Brown, ADP 68.5. <coughs> St. Brown ended his rookie season averaging 25.2 fantasy points from week 13 to week 18. However, I'll talk about CJ Hawkinson, who was just barely ahead of him in ADP at 64.1. He was injured for most of that time. He was injured from week 14 to week 18. And Hawkinson finishes the tight end 5 in 2020, where he commanded 101 targets. And now DJ Chark from the Jaguars has joined the team, while rookie Jamison William, mm-hmm. Jamison Williamson, is it? J- is there Williamson? J- it's Jamie and Jamison Williams. Got it. No two sons. Jamison Williams, um, who would have been the undisputed wide receiver one most likely off the board if it wasn't for his ACL tear uh, in the college football championship. But he's coming back mm-hmm. at some point too from injury. So really, the question is: Probably can Jared Goff support multiple consistent fantasy options in this offense? You know, I think funnily enough, he probably can. Like, we saw him do it when he was on the Rams. True. um, With Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. So, I don't know how high both of those players can, can, can achieve, but I think that that's not one of my concerns with this team. Yeah. It's really going to be if they can make the next step up. I know they're like the talk of the town being on hard knocks, yeah. which... I haven't watched. Um, I'm not all that interested in watching personally, but you know, if it were the Patriots, I'd be all over it. True. Uh, just there's a little bias <laughs> for you, but you know, yeah. It's uh, re- regardless. I still believe that these this team can finish third in their division, and that's respectable considering they're going up against the reigning MVP and one of the best wide receivers and running back combos in the league uh, in Minnesota. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think that I think they're going to be a better team than we saw last season, and so uh, there's some positive things to, to say about this team. And you know what, Blake? I, I just I, I'm feeling it within me. I'm taking the Lions for this one. That's nice. I'm going to take the Eagles. Okay, four point favorite of the Eagles. It's in Detroit. I heard something that this is like their one of their first sold out games in a long time. Obviously, I mean probably mm-hmm. some hard knocks hype. Um, but yeah, I, I could I could see them taking the Eagles by surprise as they're potentially adjusting to AJ Brown in the offense. Um, but yeah, it's it's an upset pick, so not gonna feel okay. immensely strong about it. Uh, but no, yeah, no, it's good. I, I respect it. I'll let uh, you take over for the remaining matchups. All right, so to finish out, uh, we got two more noon games here: Saints at the Falcons. Um, first player I want to talk about is Michael Thomas. ADP of 66.3. So, Carson, the last time that Michael Thomas was on the field in the regular season was week 14 at Philadelphia in 2020. He was wide receiver 93 in 2020. He played seven games versus all the way back in 2019, wide receiver one. Reception Uh, record breaker. (laughs) Yes, slant boy was born. Uh, Thomas has one of the largest range of outcomes of any player in fantasy this season. So, how are you feeling if you roster Michael Thomas this year? You know, I had Jack, someone that's in 
our main league, um, in his other league, he was asking me for some advice on if he should start Michael Thomas. It was a two wide receiver, one flex, so not as many uh, slots for mm-hmm. him. I was kind of feeling no with how his roster was set up, and obviously it's dependent on your roster. I, I don't feel like, you know, I see a lot of headlines like Michael Thomas has the biggest range of outcomes this season, and you agree with that, and I think that's very clear and obvious. Um, I would yeah. not want to start him, feel like I have to start him week one. I want to feel out the situation. But it's the Falcons. I know, but I want to feel out the situation. I think that it, it will depend on your depth. If you have other guys that are safer mm-hmm. picks, I don't think you need to start Michael Thomas in week one. There's just It's just not worth the risk right now, in my opinion. But I think that he's a very interesting player to keep an eye on because his ceiling and floor is so far apart. Okay, I, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Of and course, I know it always depends on. But... Yeah, it always depends on your roster construction. You know who you have and 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 what you need. So I get that. Um, I'm sure you're gonna feel similarly about the rookie Chris Olave. Yeah. Um, so we can kind of move past that. I think he's gonna be a good player in this offense. <laughs> I'm not really. Uh, he was ADP 102, so you probably got him at a good point in the draft as a depth pick at wide receiver. So I could certainly see him taking, at, you know, at least solidifying the number two receiving role in this offense. Um, and of course, if anything happens to Michael Thomas, then he probably has a, a good path, just like Drake London, to being a, a wide receiver one in his team. So or Jarvis Landry um, might take it from him. <laughs> Yeah, which, you know, doesn't Jarvis Landy feel like he's older than Michael Thomas? I, I, I know what you mean. I mean, what what is the age difference? Do you have that information? There is there is no age okay, difference. So they're the same age. same age. It's just that Landry has been in the league for two more seasons yeah. than Thomas. Thomas came in late. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, yeah, I don't expect Landry to take that role. For me, he's just a low-end flex. Um, he's been on the, cl- the decline the last two seasons, and I don't know how the change in scenery really makes a difference for him in any significant way. Yeah. I mean, at, at least it's a new situation coming out of a bad one, so there's some hope. But, yeah, I don't think you could feel that great about him yeah. uh, at the moment. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Falcons. Um, players to watch here, I'm saying Cordero Patterson, old man on campus, ADP 81.1. Oh. He's being drafted as an RB3 slash flex despite finishing running back nine overall last season. So would you flex Patterson at home versus New Orleans? I mean, okay, I'll say no, I wouldn't like to in most circumstances. Okay. He ended last season very bad, very poorly. Bad, bad. So, yeah. And I read stuff like, I mean, they drafted a rookie running back. Not that I expect him to like take over immediately, but there's just someone yeah. else there. and. <laughs> I've I've seen yeah. stuff about like Patterson wants to get back into returning work a little bit more. I guess it's like his side gig. I mean that used to be the only type of player he was. So yeah, I think no, I I wouldn't want to flex him, but he's definitely an interesting player to have on your roster because maybe people just overreacted from the end of last season and he somehow has found his groove and is a legit option mm-hmm. again. But I'm not really believing it week one, and I'm pretty sure the Saints are a really tough rush defense. Not that that's a lot of his value, but. I think they're a very tough defense overall, so not a great matchup for Patterson. Okay, uh, let's move on to Drake London. So I have not heard anything specific about this, but I feel like there's a legitimate concern that Marshawn Lattimore could potentially shadow Drake London in this game. 
Um, there's really no one else on the offense that I think would warrant like maybe maybe Lattimore's on Kyle Pitts, mm. a, a, you know, a few a few on a few snaps. But I feel like there's a legitimate chance that London gets shadowed by one of the best corners in the league. Um, how does that does that change or influence your decision to flex him in the, this week? I mean, you don't feel great about it, and in our league where you can start five wide receivers, I think flex is doable for Drake London, of course, in mm-hmm. a league where it's yeah. only three, probably not as likely wide receivers that you can start. But right. uh, this just a one or two flex. Yeah, league. he was the first wide receiver drafted uh, in April's draft, and I believe he's six four or six five, and Kyle Pitts is six five. So it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize all that height and like, mm-hmm. yeah, what Marshawn Lattimore would do. Like, who do you who do you focus on? So. I think that throwing him out there as a starter could be not a horrible decision, but I would like to think you have safer options, and I don't see why yeah. you would need to risk it this week. It's, it's kind of how I'm feeling with all these flex questions. I know. I, 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 I really get the sense that you're, and I think the, the listeners and the viewers get the sense that you're a very conservative guy uh, when it comes to, to your roster, and I, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, for me personally, if I if I drafted Drake London, ADP eighty seven point two, like I'm probably flexing him because that's around the time that you drafted him, and he's going to be the top pass catcher in the offense. So that's I true. I kind of I kind of believe in him, um, even though I think the Falcons team is not going to be good. They're they're the underdogs at home by five and a half points. I'm I'm picking the Saints to win this game. I'll I'll agree with that, but I'll also pose a question back onto you between michael thomas and drake london who would you prefer to start this week uh M- michael thomas because i think the i think there's a legitimate chance marshall and Lattimore could shadow him okay yeah i get that so i'll give the edge to michael thomas on that one um let's go ahead and move on browns at panthers another another revenge game for baker mayfield and uh and this i think this one will actually be kind of sneaky good yeah um just because they are kind of two low-end teams, but they're like they're scrappy, they're competitive, they are. Um, really talented running backs. So there's a lot to be excited about in this seemingly on paper not exciting matchup um, for the Browns. I'm mainly going to focus on Kareem Hunt here, ADP of 79.4. So he is a flex consideration. Obviously, Nick Chubb is a lock it in starter regardless of scoring format, um, but Does Kareem Hunt's role in this offense warrant flex consideration for you? I think it does. Um, He did very well in the few games he played last season because it was kind of injury-ridden. But, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Amari Cooper is there. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is the second wide receiver, and I know you have Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback, but I think Kareem Hunt can very easily carve himself some, like, uh, receiving work uh, in addition to whatever... When he's healthy... Yeah, when he's healthy... Sorry, I was just going to say, when he is healthy, Kareem Hunt is like, he's like a top 20 running back, yeah. which is crazy when you think that he's he's feeding off of the crumbs that Nick Chubb leaves behind. Yeah. Like, he's a super talented running back, and, and we've talked about this before, the, the circumstances that placed him in Cleveland were very unfortunate. Yeah. But what he's been able to do in this offense since then has been pretty remarkable yeah, so for sure. i agree i agree i think he does warrant flex consideration um i think if you're on the fence and i roster both of these guys i roster both chubb and hunt on the same team again um, 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Um, That's funny. Yeah. It's it's handcuff season, baby. Yeah. But um yeah, I I'm considering flexing hunt. Uh it really depends on if I can get some news. Sorry, this is uh this is personal fantasy talk, but um if Alan Lazard, who has an undisclosed injury, won't play this weekend, I'm I'm choosing between AJ Dillon and Kareem Hunt. So mm. I've got kind of a uh a, a spoil of of uh, handcuff running backs yeah. that 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 could have independent roles. So I think I drafted well. Um, we'll talk about that at another time, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I like Cream Hunt, uh, especially the matchup. It doesn't scare you. So yeah. let's go ahead and move on to the other side of this game: the home team, the Carolina Panthers, uh, Baker's team, and I want to talk about two players: Christian McCaffrey being one of them. I just got to say this, ADP 2.8, pray for this man, because if he stays healthy, I've got him on two of my teams this year, and when he's on the field, there's no one better, but man, whenever he gets hurt, it just crushes you, so hopefully he stays healthy, not only for him, but also for all the fantasy managers out there, Um, and let's go ahead and move on to Robbie Anderson, who ADP 218.4, that's like an undrafted player, so... This is more of like a projected waiver wire target um, based on his ADP. But I think that with the possible improvement at quarterback with the addition of Baker Mayfield. Now, I'm not advocating you start Robbie Anderson this week, but keep an eye on him because I think he could rebound as someone who not too long ago, 2020, finished as wide receiver 19. So the talent is definitely there. I think the quarterback play has been holding him back. Um, and I don't expect the ceiling to be that high for him this season, but he could be a sneaky flex consideration um, maybe early in this season. And just a fun fact for you, he is a member of the draft class of Michael Thomas. Wow. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. <laughs> All right. So uh, one and a half point favorites for the home team, the Panthers. Who you got in this one? I think I'll take the Panthers, yeah. I like okay. Baker against his old team, and of course what McCaffrey does to that offense. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. Panthers all the way on that one. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Giants at the Titans. So <clears throat> the people I want to talk about here are Saquon Barkley, ADP 19.5. Will the new head coach be enough to propel Barkley back to his 2018-2019 form as a steady, reliable RB1? Yes! I think so. All right. You do? I do. He's my uh, RB1 on my main fantasy team. Um, I like that he is still young, 25 years old. He's coming off his second season off of his ACL injury. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, new, the old offensive coordinator of the Bills now coming to be the head coach of the Giants. You feel good about that. And... I think Matt Breda is the running back behind him, so you don't worry about him eating into Saquon's workload. I mean, Saquon literally had an elite rookie season. I think maybe even RB1 in PPR. He was. Yeah, he was. I think you forget that he is still only 25 years old. Further off that ACL injury, I think, think, yeah, steady RB1. And it's crazy to say this because at the end of last uh, NFL season, you were almost saying you bench him. But he was kind of getting in a bad situation where, I mean, Devontae Booker was even having some value. Uh, yeah. And this team just wasn't looking good. So 
I don't really think this team has to look good for Saquon to be great, but I do feel pretty good mm. about him. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm skeptical, and I think I I do have him ranked outside the top 12, but I think that there is uh, it's a good point to bring up that he's his second year off of that injury. I think yeah. that there's obviously upside with that. So I'm not quite sold as much as you are, but but you're you're convincing me. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Kadarius Tony, ADP of 116. Um, in games where Tony played at least 50% of the snaps, he averaged over seven targets per contest, and that's good. I mean, that's a solid metric um, in PPR scoring. So if that can improve or even remain consistent, I think Tony can hold flex value with upside in this offense. Would you agree? Yeah, I like Tony, especially at his ADP, and I think that... He's a D candidate for breaking out out of all the pass catchers on this team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think keep an eye keep an eye on the slot guy, Wandell Robinson. He's a little undersized. I think he's 5'7", but they could find a role. I mean, if, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be the Bills' former OC yep. um, to find a role for that guy. So keep an eye on him. He's a rookie, and I think he could... Uh, he could be a sneaky ad in week two. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Titans now, who are the five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Obviously, uh, blah, 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 Derrick Henry. But let's talk about some of the other guys, the pass catchers, for uh, to be specific. We're talking about Traylon Burks, ADP 106.2. <sighs> There's basically been no positive news <laughs> about this guy during the preseason. And I don't... I don't I don't really understand it like I don't know he he wasn't the most exciting guy coming out of college but his player comparison was his draft comparison was AJ Brown so you've got to think that like you know there's some potential there and you're just competing with Robert Woods coming off an ACL injury so I think there should be more upside like this is an example of me being like okay we listened to what happened with Jamar Chase last preseason and we got fool- we got burned for it. Yeah. I'm thinking Traylon Burks. This guy's not going to be nearly as bad as he's seeming to be by by all the reporting. So I think his draft ADP is appropriate. Like I don't think he should be having some meteoric rise like Damian Pierce. And I don't think Damian Pierce's rise is necessarily warranted either. But we've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, I'll just say he's being drafted ahead of Robert Woods, who is. Uh, being regarded as the unquestioned wide receiver one. So I don't know what that really means. I think they're just, you know, basing it on upside. But where's the upside coming from with all these negative reports? Yeah, I mean, I think Burks and Woods definitely both have value in this offense. I wasn't looking at drafting either of them in any mock draft I did or any real draft I did. But uh, yeah, he has a great opportunity as far as just he's always going to be on that field. But at the end of the day, this is Derrick Henry's offense. And you don't feel super excited if Tannehill is the quarterback, but of course, still worth rostering. That's that's not out. Of, that's that's just undisputed. So keep an eye on yeah. him, and I think that he could uh, do better than his current the current narrative that's being placed on him. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. And if you're in a position where you have to start him, well, first of all, shame on you. You need to draft better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a good matchup with the Giants, so you may have you may have gotten away with one this week. Um, let's go ahead and pick this game. I think we're both going with the Titans now. 
Yeah, you know, there's something in me. There's something in me that wants to pick the Giants. So I'm going to do I it. Think, I, okay. <laughs> I think Derrick Henry's going to run all over that team. I but think he will. I, I, I think That's he, your prerogative. I think that's, that's going to happen for sure. That's what the, the Titans offense is going to do. I just, you know, I have hope in this Giants team. I have hope in Saquon. I have hope in the new head coach. Um, but again, it's I know, it's but do you have pick. hope in Daniel Jones? Danny Dimes? Danny Dimes is the QB1. Yeah, so. more like more like Danny Pennies. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, we're talking about Raiders at the Chargers. How about that? How about this AFC West, Carson? Oh, as a Broncos fan, it's going to entertaining is one word that it will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So we're talking about uh, some new, new faces and some old faces here. So Devontae Adams, depending on how you look at the 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 lead in can qualify for both because he's getting up there in age but he's also new to the Raiders team finishes wide receiver two last season in Green Bay how far if at all do you expect him to fall with a far more competitive receiving core with Renfro and Waller and you know whoever else gets in the mix um for Vegas um I think like the five to ten range is Mm -hmm. probably realistic Basically, just outside the top five. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think that's, I think that's I reasonable, um, and I think he's. I think he's pretty much being drafted to support that. Um, I want to say he's wide receiver four. Yeah. coming out of drafts right now. I personally so, would always take Diggs ahead of him, who is yeah, his ADPs ahead of him slightly. That's just one right. example, but I still think you feel good about him because I, I like the fact that Derek Carr and him were college teammates. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, there are a decent amount of mouths to feed, so that limits his upside, and he's coming from an Aaron Rodgers link of, like, stupendous chemistry that he had with him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay, no, I think that's fair. Um, Let's talk about the running back, specifically Josh Jacobs, Hall of Fame game MVP. Um, I'm concerned, you get that, right? Yeah, yeah, and that is... uh... Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, you're, Mike Delay. Anyway, um, I'm concerned, especially with the new head coach coming from the Bill Belichick, uh, you know, oh. school of coaching. I'm concerned we're going to see a running back by committee in Las Vegas. But I want to bring this up because I think it's a little interesting. I don't think people have really talked about it much. When you look at Josh Jacobs, his snap count history, he's usually handling like. Historically, he's handling between 50 and 70% of the snaps on offense anyway. So maybe we're panicking that he's going to lose his job when in reality he's it's going to be business as usual. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think he's... He could probably end up being the RB20. Like, I think he's a safe low-end running back, too. You don't like how much they used him in that Hall of Fame game because the starters weren't used as much as he was. And they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so there's a chance he's in a new... He's in a new team next year. But you could also spin it that like he's playing for his place, so that's something, mm-hmm. too. But I do think it's interesting to bring up the his snap percentage in previous seasons because I didn't realize that, and that does make you feel a little bit better yeah. about him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he's. I, think, I still think he's a safe low-end running RB2. You're just not super excited. Yeah, and he's one of those guys, like you mentioned with Dobbins, that's in that dead zone. So yeah, for sure, there might be uh, there might be some some hidden gem in that in that rough. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good. Move on to the other side. The home team here, the Chargers. 
Uh, and I'm going to talk about some probably unexpected people here. Um, first, I want to talk about Gerald Everett, yeah. who is a new addition to this team in the offseason. So ADP 195.8, that's probably undrafted. Um, but tight ends are weird. You could be taking them super late as a flyer. Um, I don't think he's a bad option for that, just just so we're clear. But um, he's never finished inside the top 20 at tight end in his five-year career. Uh, but maybe being part of a Justin Herbert-led offense that supported a top 13 finish when Hunter Henry was there in 2020 will allow Everett to be a sneaky pickup. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think he's one of the most enticing uh, sleeper tight end options for sure. So again, you're not even thinking about starting him this week, but I think rostering him in a deep league, as you've said, it would be valuable because this is going to be a great passing offense. And mm-hmm. he's in a new on a new team, so a new situation. And I think that people think that ADP is too low compared to a lot of the other tight ends. Okay, interesting. Um, and then let's talk about Josh Palmer. You know, definitely another unexpected player to watch for Week One. But I want to see if the hype around this guy has any merit. Yeah. Um, he's purported to be the third pass catching option in the Chargers offense, but I want to see it on the field. Um, because the idea of a handcuff wide receiver just is just, I mean, I know we talked about it briefly with uh, the Bengals, and yeah. if one of those guys, you know, the, the one or the two go down, then then he takes his takes the role, finds himself in the wide receiver two role, but uh, I don't know, like, that's, that's really, that's not how it really works with wide receivers. So I don't know if there's a lot of upside with, Joshua Palmer on his own um but I don't know it just depends on how he's used in this offense last season he's coming off his rookie season so maybe there's a chance for a you know potential breakout in this offense especially with Keenan Allen uh kind of I think he's 30 now or 31 and and uh Mike Williams is a, a very inconsistent player but I think that he's at least a consideration I would say someone to keep your eye on uh, as the season progresses, and uh, we can we can just kind of move on. We can pick this game. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Well, I'll just um, say I think it's interesting that you brought up the Bengals because I was kind of thinking about Tyler Boyd as a comparison. Like Joshua Palmer's ceiling is probably close to Tyler Boyd's floor, but even if he was to reach that, he's worth rostering. I think he wouldn't mm-hmm. be super consistent with those two guys ahead of him with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But you know, if he's the undisputed third option in a good passing offense, it is a similar situation, which would be better than his ADP. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said so. Yeah. Um, Chargers are favored three and a half points in this game. I agree. Um, yep. And I'm picking the Chargers also. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Packers, Vikings. More divisional combat here. Um, with the Packers, I already mentioned him earlier. I'm going to mention him again real quick. A.J. Dillon, ADP of 63. Um, when Matt LaFleur considers Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to be RB1A and 1B, um, it makes you wonder how much Dillon will be involved in this weekend offense following the departure of Devontae Adams. Uh, Dillon rushed for 803 yards on 187 carries and five touchdowns. You're, you're going to see when I get to Aaron Jones' numbers how similar these guys played. Um, 34 catches on 37 targets for 313 yards and two TDs. He finished last season as RB23. This was Dylan. Now moving over to Aaron Jones. 
799 rushing yards on 171 rushing attempts, four rushing touchdowns, 52 catches on 65 targets for 391 yards and six touchdowns. So the dis- the difference, and I think this is going to remain the same this season, is the in the is the passing game usage for Aaron Jones. That's what gives him the edge in ADP, and also just in terms of being a better uh, fantasy running back. But that being said, AJ Dillon has a legitimate role in this offense. I think he is flex worthy, and I think that if anything happens to Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon is going to push for. Uh, top 12 back week in and week out. Would you agree? Yeah, um, I I do agree with that for sure. He's a great insurance policy, but has value on his own. And I think an interesting comparison to make is it's kind of like the inverse situation of the Browns where uh, you feel better about Jones and Chubb, but Chubb is there as a rusher, whereas Jones Mm -hmm. is there. And I think he's going to become more of a pass catcher even more than he has previously because that's what he's done in games where Devontae Adams has been gone. So... I think for that reason you feel better about Jones than Chubb, um, but then you, and but then you probably also feel better about Hunt than Dylan. But that being said, I still think Dylan has value. I just have never liked his yeah. ADP because I think you have to start him almost at that ADP unless you did you know just went heavy on running backs. But yeah, a, mm. a great insurance policy that probably has a safe floor, just not a super exciting ceiling. Well, and I'll say this too, like I mean, like I said, he finished last season as running back twenty three, like. In terms of starting an RB two, that's not that bad. No, that's, so yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot of upside there. Um, so I'm excited to have him on one of my rosters, and uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the pass catchers here. So like I mentioned, Alan Lazard has an undisclosed injury at the moment coming into Week One that could potentially hold him out of the game. Um, who do you think has the best chance to step up for this offense in his assumed absence? And then who do you like to finish as the top wide receiver on the team season long? I don't even know if I could give you an answer for season long, just because Lazard going into the season seemed like the clear choice for that. But mm-hmm. uh, he hadn't even done amazing in games where Devontae Adams wasn't there. And But I think right. who will emerge for this game at the very least, short term, if Lazard's dealing with an injury, is Romeo Dobbs. I drafted uh, He's risen up... Uh, the ranks for many people this mm-hmm. offseason and I think he's very intriguing Aaron Rodgers has been quoted as saying like he he'll have a higher standard than almost every rookie wide receiver he's worked with and I think that's promising to hear it seems like it, there hasn't been a lot of uh great things said about Christian Watson the rookie they actually drafted ahead of Dobbs um yeah but yeah I think it's gonna be very hard to say but at the end of the day it's an Aaron Rodgers offense so if anyone does somebody's gonna eat yeah you would think yeah you would think um and then just to pivot off that a little bit um what do you think the top pass catcher in the offense whoever it ends up being what do you think their value is season long wide receiver two flex uh week to week like a bi-week fill-in like what do you think yeah it's probably like in that low end wide receiver two high end flex i just think he's going to spread it out a lot more than he ever did with adams of course so i think that would Mm -hmm. limit them i mean if someone gets injured and then one guy is just really legit which i think i think dobbs has the best opportunity to fulfill that role even though it's less likely um than lazard just being like a decent option if you know what i mean I think I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go ahead and go to the other side of the ball here. Um, for the Vikings, KJ Osborne, ADP 210.3. Uh, and this is kind of a similar thing to Josh Palmer or uh, 
with some of the other players that we've talked about that are kind of like on that fringe wide receiver three on their team. Um, So Osborne is something of a sneaky waiver wire target himself. Um, Do you get that reference? Yeah, it's a Spider-Man reference. (laughs) Out of why. Yep. All right, so unlike Palmer, last season he was on the field more consistently, averaging around 60% or more of the snaps. Um, and then that number jumped up to 80 plus percent once Thielen was hurt for the final six weeks of the 2021 season. During that six game stretch, Osborne averaged 15.6 fantasy points on just under six targets per game. So we've seen from him that he can step into that role and produce pretty, you know, respectable fantasy numbers. Um, given his ADP, I think he is going to be kind of a sneaky waiver wire target um, over the coming weeks and. Um, someone that I'll be probably talking about until his uh, ownership goes up because I think he uh, he has the role in the offense kind of already, but um, if anything happens, he's proven to, to step up in that role. Yeah, I think you keep an eye on him for sure, especially in deeper leagues. I just think with Justin Jefferson, some people coveting him as the wide receiver one and then Thielen getting so many touchdowns if he can keep up that production and then they have Dalvin Cook still and then even people talking about Herb yeah. Smith and then I think they even signed Jalen Rager uh, from the Eagles which I don't think you oh did they really I think they did which I don't think you feel amazing about what that means no. for their confidence <laughs> level in KJ Osborne even though uh, I mean he could be completely irrelevant fantasy wise but just yeah. the fact that they did that I'm pretty sure that's true because it was like funny because the Eagles took uh, Rager ahead of Justin Jefferson in the same draft, and now they're on the same Oof. team. Yeah, that's rough. That is rough. So uh, if I'm um, wrong of that, I don't think I'm wrong of that though. But I still, the fact that Osborne has shown that he has that value and can step into that role is promising. For that reason alone, I think you keep an eye on him. But yeah, it, yeah. it, it probably is still pretty crowded for him. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. It's it's a deeper league consideration yeah. for sure. Um, let's go ahead and pick this game. The Vikings are underdogs at home by a point and a half. Who you got? I, I'm, I'm taking the Vikings. I think... I am too. Yeah. I, I Maybe this will be a good one to bet on. I don't know. Vikings are at home. Way less question marks yeah. than that Packers team yeah. uh, that didn't even... That scored one touchdown in the playoff game they lost, and now they lost yeah. Devontae Adams. I mean, I know they have a great defense, but, I mean, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook on the other side of the ball, I don't know how... Uh, they can probably do something against anyone. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that if um, if all their guys were healthy, it might be a different story for the Packers. But I think with those question marks heading into it, I think it's probably safer and smarter to go with the healthier team. So yeah. um, I'm going with the Vikings with you on that one. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Chiefs, Cardinals. And this is one of the biggest spreads um, that we'll get to at the Ridiculous. end. But um, I'll go. I'll go ahead and say it since I already mentioned it. The Chiefs on the road are favored by six points in this game. No um, shot. And I, I don't even know if that's me. <laughs> I, I don't even. We'll talk through this and see where I lay. I don't. I think I'm leaning towards Cardinals, honestly. But like, it's more that the the spread is a uh, is offensive. Not that they're the favorite necessarily, but the spread yeah. is offensive. A little disrespectful yeah. to your boy Kyler at Arizona. I mean, come on. Whatever. Continue. All right, well, let's, let's talk about, yeah, <laughs> it's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Chiefs players, which, you know, I think Andy Reid just kind of hit the reset button on the wide receiver core okay. because it is all new players except for Travis Kelsey. He's sticking around. 
Um, probably going to retire as a chief, and that, that'll be good for his career. But um, let's talk about the new guys. Juju Smith-Schuster, ADP 69.9. He's been taking he's been taken way ahead of the other pass catchers outside of Travis Kelsey, of course. Um, but disregarding an injury-riddled 2021 season, Juju is just one year removed from a top 20 wide receiver finish. He finished as wide receiver 17 in 2020. Now playing with one of the best QBs in the league, Juju has a great chance to secure wide receiver two status with wide receiver one upside if he can stay healthy. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, you know, he's definitely not locked in as wide receiver two fantasy value right now, but has a very clear path to get there. And Mm -hmm. with having Mahomes as quarterback, that upside is uh, almost as high as it can get because of what he has done previously in his career. Yeah, I agree with that totally. Um, Sky Moore, ADP 121.4. The rookie out of Western Michigan may have one of the best landing spots of any 2022 rookie wide receiver. Uh, Not only because Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback, but also because Tyreek Hill is no longer dominating the target share in this offense. He's now catching passes from from the most accurate quarterback in the league, but that's a different story. (laughs) Tyreek Hill would disagree. no, I'm no, I'm. I was. Oh yeah, I was playing it, into it, the it, joke. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's so anyway. So funny that he said that. Yeah. Anyway. I know. I know. Anyway, um, Sky Moore. Wh- I mean, what are your thoughts? I know you have you have a lot of shares of Sky Moore this season, yeah. and I think there's good reason. Go ahead. I think his ADP is great. I know that going into the draft, I don't because you know I'm not super big into college football analysis, but I think that he was kind of a surprise with how well he did at the combine, and now he's landing into this opportunity which you highlighted, and I think that you know at that ADP, I believe he's my wide receiver like five or six on my roster i feel great about his mm-hmm. upside as being a depth piece for me yeah and i agree with that i think that he has and i'll say this i think he has a better path um to gaining fantasy relevance than the next guy we're going to talk about and that's mark Valdez scantling yeah. um and their adps are kind of close and i don't i don't really get it because uh scantling adp of 137.8 of the three wide receivers that Kansas City added in the offseason, MVS is the player I'm least excited about. Uh, Travis Kelsey will continue to demand a large target share. There's no getting around that. Um, and while Skymore is a rookie and therefore unproven, MVS has been in the league for the past four years. He's been doing it, and he has been doing it very well. Playing with Aaron Rodgers, he's never finished inside the top 50 at wide receiver. Um, the idea that he breaks out this season and finishes ahead of Juju or Sky Moore seems improbable at best. Yeah, I feel like he's going into a similar role that he's always already been at at the Packers. Is kind of like right wide receiver two, maybe just a deep threat. wide receiver three, likely on the offense, and then yeah, a deep threat. So, and it's not like oh my god, he's got Mahomes, he's had Rodgers. So it's like if right. You, if that's my point. Yeah, yeah, if he couldn't do it with Rodgers, and I get that that's your point, but I just completely agree. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Cardinals. The one guy that I'm that I'm focusing on until DeAndre Hopkins returns in Week Seven, um, I think Rondale Moore, ADP of one fifty nine point four. I like his upside in this offense yep. for two major reasons. One, like I mentioned, the six game suspension for Hopkins, and two, Cliff Kingsbury's statements indicating that they're going to utilize Moore all over the field, both as a receiver and a rusher. So I think with those two factors working in tandem. 
Moore will make a considerable step up in production, and I like him to be a flex with upside. I think, you know, the fact that we're kind of seeing more of a transition of, like, players being used however their team can use them with yeah. with how DB, Debo Samuel was used last season. I think that brings a lot of upside for Rondell Moore's game. He's uh, kind of a, a smaller receiver. I think he may also be 5'7". Um, yeah, I but think he's 5'7", 5'8", yeah. He's got, he's got burners, and I think he's got real good talent um, making defenders miss in the open field. So I think there's a lot of upside there. I love his ADP where he's being drafted. Um, and I think that even when Hopkins returns, if he does establish this role in the offense, it's not really going to matter because they're going to manufacture touches for him in a way that will keep his fantasy relevance afloat. Yeah, I mean, he's on my main team for all those reasons that I drafted him. And I feel like he almost broke out the first six games of his rookie season last year. I think there was a point in time where statistically he was the best wide receiver on that team. And he kind of faded away a little bit. But I think you do expect a second year uh, resurgence at the very least. And yeah, if they're willing to just get touches in for him, I think that is great. I'm currently not, I currently don't have him as one of my flex players, but it's definitely a consideration. Um, yeah, I probably waited out for this week at the very least, but I do see it very, a, a strong likelihood of him becoming fantasy relevant very quick. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, I think, are you going with the Cardinals for this uh, one? I think I am. Okay. I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think that I think this should be looked at as one of the closest matchups of this entire slate. I don't understand how the spread is this big. I really don't. <laughs> well, blame it on DraftKings Sportsbook. That's yeah. who we're using for these. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Sunday Night Football. I will be in attendance for this game. I am so excited. Um, Getting to see it's the Buccaneers for the first time. It's the- the first time in the flesh. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but it's uh, Buccaneers at the Cowboys, in case you didn't know. Um, and my player to watch for this game is going to be Chris Godwin. Um, we're hoping he's healthy. He was he was asked uh, just yesterday, or I believe maybe two days ago, and he, he was quoted as saying, I'm not sure I'm going to be playing. And so that's a bit concerning, but he uh, has been practicing without the knee brace, um, coming off an ACL injury that ended his best statistical season with career highs in both targets and catches. Uh, if if he can stay on the field this year healthy, I like him to finish out of Mike Evans in all major receiving categories besides touchdowns, of course. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've usually always liked Godwin uh, much more than Mike Evans just because he's much more consistent than Mike Evans most of the time, even though Mike Evans gets a ton of touchdowns. But um... And that's so crazy to say because Mike Evans is – like quite literally one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. It's Every just... single season, a thousand receiving yards. Every single season, like five plus pa- receiving touchdowns. Like he is just always good, but there are weeks. You know what I mean like, though? Like season he'll, he'll have weeks where it's like two receptions for eight yards and two touchdowns. Anytime they play the Saints, Marshawn Lattimore has that guy's number <laughs> legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. But yeah, I don't think there's any reason for them to rush in Godwin, um, but I think that he will, he's, you know, you love his ADP, probably maybe your best value in the entire draft in your eyes, and I think that yes. could definitely be possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. If yeah, because any... I've got him ranked, I've got him ranked season long inside the top 10 at wide receiver. So, yeah, yeah the fact that you're getting him in the in the middle or of the sixth round is amazing. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the other side. Um, the Cowboys, and 
I've got this whole rant lined up. I, I don't have to go into it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give the brief the the abridged version. Yeah. CD Lamb is being drafted too high. I don't understand why the whole industry is just is just coveting this guy as the second coming of Jerry Rice. Like he's he's going way too high in drafts. You are drafting him at his absolute peak value, meaning that if he's being wide if he's wide receiver six then you drafted him at wide receiver six. He's not going to finish inside the top five. I don't see a, a realistic no. possibility of that happening. I mean, honestly, do you disagree with any of these things? I, yeah, I don't. I don't know how the ADP got so high in both the drafts we did together. He fell pretty far and then became a lot mm-hmm. more uh, reasonable at that spot. So you have a lot of analysis, and I think we'll pull out a lot of this analysis if he definitely duds this week or even if he doesn't just as someone to potentially trade um because there's a lot not going for him even though yeah the industry is making it seem like wide receiver six undeniably and i don't know how that is possible <laughs> yeah so uh we'll go ahead and move on to ezekiel elliott um, and i'll ask you this will this be another season of zeke holding off tony pollard from breaking into the top 20 at running back Elliot has finished ninth or better in five of the last six seasons, which is just like really interesting because it didn't feel like that last year at all. Um, and he, of course, he was running back 13 and 27. That was the year he was suspended for off the field uh, misconduct. Um, how confident are you that he can do it again going into his seventh year as a pro? I think, I think he can definitely. He just finds a way. He definitely will be a top 20 running back barring he doesn't get injured i just think that his adp fell to a spot that is reasonable so it's hard to be too yeah, negative on 1. him uh he's it was always like him and connor right next to each other and mm-hmm. uh, that was always kind of a tough decision and one i didn't really want to have to make so yeah, yeah I, I don't see tony pollard taking the role from him but it is annoying that he's there. And as someone who drafted Zeke with like my <laughs> fifth, the fifth pick of the entire draft last season, it wasn't very fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think his ADP does, it definitely bakes in that, that competition that we're yeah. seeing from Pollard. He's he's knocking on the door and Zeke is holding him off as far as as well as he can so far. Um, but eventually something's going to give and it, it's going to be, Pollard's going to take that role, I think, at some point. I don't know if this season is the year. And that's why I asked the question, because it's a it's a conversation. But yeah, I think that um, where you're getting Zeke in drafts currently, you feel better about um, that situation. Yeah, it's uh, like let's you, go ahead and pick this. Just real quick, it's like you want to be really negative on Zeke after last year, but his ADP is like representative, so it's hard to even say a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, the, the talent is undeniably there. Yeah. Like, he is definitely you know, a solid, one of the best running backs in the league yeah. still. Um, but yeah, you, you have some question marks. You have some concerns with, with Tony Pollard yeah. knocking on the door, nipping at his heels. Um, let's go ahead and pick this game. Obviously, since I'm attending and I'm a big Brady fan, I'm picking the Buccaneers to blow them out. Um, it's a two and a half favorite for the Buccaneers this game. Who you got? Yeah, the, the Tampa Brady Buccaneers for sure. I think that they're going to win this one. And this was the opening, the Thursday night matchup last season, I believe. And that was an insanely entertaining game. Um, it but was, yeah. yeah that was another another win for the Bucks in yeah. that one as well. So um, last game of the week one. Let's ride! Use Broncos country, let's ride. Let's ride. 
All right, so obviously we have to talk about Russell Wilson. He is the man of the hour. He's the man of the next seven years for the Denver Broncos after that recent contract extension. Um, I think the comp, I think the return of competent quarterback play for the first time since Peyton Manning, and that's going to be like for some of the younger listeners, that's going to be a huh, that guy that's on the Papa John's commercials. But um, <laughs> I think it's going to elevate all of the talent on this Denver team. Um, I really think it was the system under his former head coach in Seattle, Pete Carroll, that just didn't allow Russ to cook. And I think that, you know, his production took a major hit after his uh, finger injury in week five. Um, I have my reservations about him because of how he finished last year, but I'm I'm chalking it up to the system. I don't think it was the finger. I think he's going to come back, and I think he's going to be fine. He's entering his 11th season as a professional quarterback. Um, and I think with the extra time he's had to recover and develop team chemistry, I'm liking uh, the the reports about Cortland Sutton being his favorite target. I think that makes the most sense. I've yeah. been I've been like pounding the drum for Cortland Sutton ahead of Jerry Judy all off season. So I like that that's what's being reported. Hopefully, it translates to the field. Um, and I think we're going to be seeing the Broncos in the playoffs a lot more than past performance would suggest. Uh, I mean, if they weren't in that division, I would be even more excited. But that's such a tough division. But I still, I still back them for sure. And uh, I see you wrote it down here. And I've been saying it for a while now. I'd always said the Broncos were hashtag just a quarterback away. And I, I, they have them. So I'm optimistic. Yeah. All right. And it helps a lot. Uh, we, we barely even mentioned it. But... The fact that he's going up against his old yep. team, the Seattle Seahawks, in Seattle, um, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great first matchup for them. And uh, the the one player that I want to focus on here is Ken Walker, the rookie uh, running back, ADP at ninety five point six. The real question in this offense is going to be because you know about Tyler Lockett and you know about DK Metcalf. Those guys are top twenty, top thirty, like just reliable for the most part. Yeah. But the real question is going to be, who keeps and who takes, if it's one or the other, the starting job at running back this season? Rashad Penny, these guys' ADP is .1 different. <laughs> Ken Walker's going .1 ahead of Rashad Penny. So it's anyone's guess at this point. But he has shown, Penny has shown flashes of greatness. An injury-plagued career gives me great pause when it comes to choose between these two backs. Truthfully, like most agree, I think the Seahawks team is going to be pretty terrible. Um, so I want to ask you quickly before I before I move on with this, uh, what's your confidence level if you have Ken Walker versus if you have Rashad Penny? Like, who do you like season long? Season long, this is complicated. Season long, I would say Ken Walker, but I don't okay. think you can comfortably start him with Rashad Penny in the picture. I'm just not confident that Rashad Penny will have a injury-free season. But whenever he is injury-free, he looks like the greatest running back of all time at, at times. <laughs> like, he just does. Right. Like, he's incredibly efficient. Like, over five, maybe even six yards per carry. Like, he is insane. Mm-hmm. But he's just always be in, always been injured so i don't know yeah. how you can feel amazing about walker in this offense which is probably gonna have to be passing a lot coming from behind if penny is there in the way but i think if penny leaves i think ken walker is a great opportunity and just just a quick moment to acknowledge chris carson uh such a sad way to end his career i he was my second yeah. running back i drafted last season and 
you know, Pete Carroll. We shared a first name. We you, did. Your heart goes out to him. Yeah, Pete Carroll. Still do. That's true. Pete Carroll uh, <laughs> tried to say that he was going to be back for Thursday the next week, and he never played a game again. So I have some beef with Pete Carroll, and but I do feel for Chris Carson. But yeah, that's my that's my perspective on Walker and Penny. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then last thing I want to mention before we pick this game, uh, DK Metcalf recently signed a contract extension. Uh, but, you know, disagree with me if you, if you want, but I think with the direction this team is heading... I would not be surprised at all to see DK in a different uniform before his contract expires. Yeah, I, I want him in a different uniform. I think if he gets wasted away on this team, it's going to be one of the saddest and just, like, biggest what-ifs of a player because he is one of the uh, most In terms incredible, of athleticism? Yes. Yeah. Physical specimen. One of the top end, yeah. I've ever agreed. seen in, in sport, so, yeah. Right. It, that would okay, be well, that being said... Um, we're both going with the Broncos. We're riding Let's with ride. Broncos country this week. Um, this would be I hope such you guys a all... disappointing loss. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this would be so it's disappointing okay. to have I totally get Russ it. go to Seattle and lose. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to think totally about get it. it. Just wrap it up. I don't want to okay. think about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. If you guys are still listening, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we're going to be doing this every Wednesday for the rest of the regular season and we're also going to be doing some some dfs content on the weekends so look out for that um and thank you so much and we will be seeing you very soon bye-bye peace out everybody